Welcome to the Life Engineer with Matty J. He unpacks and interviews guests to share the tools, components, and software that's needed to build a life and mindset by design versus one of default. Let's get into it. Yanni Giordiardis. Um, so I've got you down as I've put down notes here, PTSD, boxing and mindset. Um, so welcome to the podcast. So we know each other from um, White Collar. I think he was one of the first people I started sparring with when we started yep. in the White Collar event down at Invicta. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that goes back, what, three years now? Yeah, Actually, three, four years. I actually dug out my sec- my second place trophy <laughs> that I keep. It's only one of maybe three that I got. Ten meter swim badge, and that. But um, <laughs> it, it was um, so it brings us back with some of the links that we're chatting about because um, so obviously with friends on Facebook, the boxing is mainly where we've been connected through from Invicta. So I've been going to Invicta for years. You've boxed in the army, haven't you? Yes, I did. And then, uh, and then we met and doing a um, white collar boxing event for a local yeah. charity. Um, and then we've talked recently about mindset and PTSD. You've not worked with me, but we chatted about some of the stuff that's come up in the work that you've done and the work that I do, etc. Um, and and one of the reasons that I reached out and started chatting to you was the links with boxing. Um, so do you want to have a chat about what you've what you've done or a bit of background? on you um, and what you've done, because you've been in the army um, and PTSD is something you've had, which is a subject we've been chatting about. Yeah, um, I joined the army when I was 17. So that was back in 2000, end of 2007, beginning of 2008. That's how old my son is now. Well, 18. Man, no, my son's 17. He just done this for me for Father's Day. We went up Snowden. But um, the thought of him going off now into the army, it's fucking mental. See, that, and that is it. That, that is the thing. At the time, I thought, brilliant. 17, 18, doing my own thing. I think it's fantastic. Three months after my 18th birthday, you're going out to Afghanistan. Lovely. Brilliant. I'll tell you now, no 18-year-old should be given a rifle and sent to war. Mm. You are not a man. At 18, as much as they say, like you're an adult, you can do. You're not. Your mind is not an of an adult state at that age. And just just to make it clear, so I talk about, and we'll get to the space when we come to boxing and that with coaching. Or let's just talk about it now because the space in coaching is similar to sparring. I feel. Because you're putting your place, you're putting yourself in a place to be vulnerable. When we agreed to spar, you agreed that you would try and smash my face in. I would agree to try and smash your face in, and we'd find where the work is. Okay, mm-hmm. you smashed my face in. I should have moved more, and that's the work. It's the same with coaching. So in this space, this isn't a coaching session, but you've said about happy to be open and discuss stuff. But yeah, if it does get to a stage where you don't want to talk about it, just put your hand up or say it because it. It can be uncomfortable. I know this subject is something that probably can be uncomfortable. Yeah, it, this, is, this is exactly what my wife said to me. She said, are you going to be comfortable talking about that? And no, I wasn't at first. Um, but when I did, I had my breakdown. But I felt a pressure, like, like, a, like a relief. It had gone. Now so I know how to control it. Was that you got upset? You, you, you said stuff you haven't said before? Yeah, I, uh, I, I just lost control you know I just, I just lost control of everything every emotion every feeling it, it did you blab like a baby went. Yanni did you blab like a baby oh, oh do you know what I was like I was like destruction anything yeah. that came near me I, I didn't want it near me you know I spent weeks in bed it but just, it's the work though isn't it it is the work yeah and that, and that is it at the end of the day you, you, you've got to dig deep and it's exactly it. you can relate to it the same as the boxing like a you said before against the ropes that's yeah. exactly what it feels like i think the thing with so you've gone into the army at 17 and, and and we'll sort of stick with the story but the thing that i like to bring up and this is why i feel the white collar for me it's similar and 
what you're picking out, even if you're going into business and you're taking a deal that's bigger than you normally get, or you're going to set up your own company, there's points where that fear, the thing that I liked about the white collar was it's, it's magnified. It's like, this is what it fucking really is, fear. This guy is going to come at you and he's going to try and smash your face in. Mm. And this is real fear. This isn't like scary. This isn't like pretend stuff. This is like the truth of it all. But what I find interesting is, in thought, I could think about doing a white collar again now and I could get myself anxious about the thought of it. It's not actually happened. So, and it takes you to a point where it's not now. Um, my point coming around to the fear side of stuff and that, and that vulnerability is it is a space that it, it's, a, it, it's simply the most vulnerable space. So when you was talking and unpacking um, in coaching sessions, um, when people get upset and get open, it's part of the session. It's part of my work to get people to feel uncomfortable and have boundaries and systems in place to be able to do the work and open up. Yep. Because it's because and it's a bit like in a ring. If we said we was going to spar and you pulled out a knife, there should be someone there to say, "Put it away." <laughs> you understand? It's it's yes. a similar principle because in that environment you're being exposed and vulnerable to being beaten up. In my environment, you may be exposed and vulnerable to about being opened up, honest. You know, it's a, it's a similar sort of thing, and that's why I think there's a lot of links with the boxing to coaching and personal development in, 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 in every sense and, and doing the work. Like going back to the white collar boxing stuff, we sparred and we had some sessions where we would spar. But if I look back now, it was a bit like I never really, I never really fell in, into and committed fully into sparring heavily. And I, I think now if I went back and did it again, I would try and surrender that that's the work. Because you can't understand how uncomfortable it is in the ring in front of X amount of people um, until you're there. But the closest you can get to it is sparring fully. Because the anxiety you get... Are hitting bags. I remember being in the gym and I've, and I've trained, I feel unqualified to talk about boxing because a lot of people I talk to are, are pros or qualified like you. And I've got my little second place um, badge there. I've got my little my punch bag is up there. <laughs> yeah. but I, feel, I feel unqualified, but, but the principles of what I say are true. Um, that if I get on a punch bag and I can look great, you know, like I can really like throw some massive combinations and set back a little bit throw out the double jab. I can make it look really good. And when I need to, I can slow down and maybe work a little bit slower. Um, but the truth of it is when you're in a ring, that's not, none of that comes out. I remember thinking I was going to move a lot when I was in the ring, that I'm going to step and turn because technically I think I'm, I'm okay. But that, none of that was there. Like, I, I, I remember the same feeling when I went paintballing once. <laughs> We was paintballing it and I hadn't really thought about it. And suddenly the guy was chatting and then he went, right, okay, go. Five, four, three, two, one, go. And then suddenly everyone's shooting these paintballs and I'm running. And I can feel my chest and heart and I'm like, fucking hell. And I'm thinking, what's going on? And I remember feeling and I thought, like, to go into the military and be in that environment, they have to make you comfortable in doing that. It has to be almost normal. And I, and I know it's not when you're in the thick of it, but the training they do, they break you down enough to make that okay. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, and see, that, that is the problem. It is, they train you so much and all you get told, you're a killer, you're a killer, you're a killer. It needs to be your everyday life. Now, that's all right when you're in that environment. But like I said, it's, it's like me coming around your ass, and then just thinking, I'm a killer. I'm a killer. I'm a killer. It's it's not it's not it's not right how they do it because you stay in that mindset. Mm. You know, literally six months. I got told I'm a killer. That was it. Train to kill. You're a steady-eyed killer of death. You know, look through people. Look through this, and yeah. and that is it. 
But then people clock onto it because you're looking at them and they're like, you're looking right through me and it makes them feel uncomfortable. Mm. So it's, it's trying to find that 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 fine line, but trying to get out of that, it's taken me years to get out of it. Well, I talk about shift. So in life, I talk about, so if you was going to put your kids to bed, you would come from a certain point. And in boxing, um, if we relate to that, for me to come in and work on the body to you, I have to shift. There's no point in me being at a distance and then trying to throw a body shot. You have to get in a different position, don't you? Yeah. So talk us you through, to. if we was just going toe to toe and we was at jab's length and you wanted to come and hit the body, what would you sequ- sequentially, what would you do to change your stance? I would be looking at how you're moving. You know, I'd be throwing my jab. Jab, are you pulling your hands right up to your face? If you're coming right up, I can go double jab. Your hands are going to stay there. The time that second jab, I'm coming down to the body, body shot. So you're not even moved yet and you're getting... Into- not even moved yet, but yeah. I'm still getting your body shot. But so you- it, it's... Yeah, you're, so you're finding a sequence of ways. Finding a sequence. Options, is that what you're saying? You're trying to find yeah, there the is, option. There is definitely options when you're boxing. The main thing is do not get sucked into that other person's game. And that's exactly the same in life. Stick to your own game plan. Because they might be trying to entice you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, I, it, it's I do it. I do it in the ring. I entice people into mothballs. You know, I'll walk backwards. They'll think, yeah, I'm on the front foot. You're not on the front foot. You're going where I want you to go. Yeah, it's part, you know? of, the, it's part of the design. Yeah. And that, that's exactly. what I try and talk about. So when we step into engineering a life by design, this is why it's life engineering. It's finding out the components. Like People think mm-hmm. it's interesting in a ring. I've been watching boxing fights before, and then they're 12th round, and it's like, cool, I just hit him. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's it's understanding that like what the components the actual components involved because just the enemy isn't good enough if you're fucked in the 12th round yeah. um and it's and it's trying to break down you know going to the body um and and coming back to our point is shifting that if i'm in business and i want to sell coaching to you or i want to coach you i shift so people see me as a lot of people see me as shaved head piss taker, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, they don't see me as a life coach because, but, but I shift in a session um, and I shift differently. Like I've sat in a session before and said to a woman 65, like, what would you do if you was being less of a prick about this? And it might, and it just made her, she was like, Oh no, one's ever talked to me like that. Bam. But she, but then she was like, you know, it just, it opened her up. So it, a cheeky little slap in, in that conversation, in that environment, but I wouldn't have done that in the first call, once we had built a rapport, I could do that. So I shift where I'm coming from in mm-hmm. a session. If you owed me money or just kicked the shit out of my son, Yanni, yeah. <laughs> you'd come from it. You'd be coming from a different point, wouldn't you? You know, you yeah. can see that shift and change. And I think when people are young like that, if you tell them they're a killer and don't understand about shift, that that's okay when you're going to kill people. You need to be. So so getting back into the ring, I remember getting in the ring <laughs> and I remember thinking, I'd always thought, because I've trained in and out of Rage Gym for years, back when it was convicted kickboxing. And I always remember thinking, if I ever did a white collar and he wasn't involved in overseeing white collar, I think he wouldn't have put me in there fitness wise. But I remember thinking if I had, I would have had to have done enough for him to have said yes. So if I got in the ring, I would have won. And, and I viewed it when I got in the ring that I'd won. Whereas I thought Phil, he got in the ring and I think he viewed it like I'd just killed half of his family and he was going <laughs> to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when we started, because we joked before, we'll do a round or two, you know, light, and then we'll go into it. And I remember when it went ding, 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 and he came out coming from a different place. And I remember the intensity that I'd never trained in, in the environment there being so different. And, and if I went back, I would come from a different place when I got in that ring. Do you understand? Yeah, no, 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 100%. And I, I think a lot of that is, in anything, you can train and you can prepare as much as you want. 
mm. or anything. But it still comes down to that fight or flight. You know, I mean, we had even we had people in the military that was quite high ranks, say, or not high, but say Lance Jacks or full screws, been in the army eight years, trained their ass off, went to Afghanistan, first round come over our head, they froze. I get it. I get it. And and I think you've been here for eight years. I've been here for eight months, and I'm now taking over and doing your job mm. because it. I mean, it, it really doesn't matter how much you prepare for something until you're in that situation. You don't know how you're going to react, which I think is when you do your coaching. Obviously, you build up to a point where you want them to open up. When they open up, you do still do not know how they're going to react. No. No, that's just the space that you have to provide. Mm. And and, and yeah. it's funny, I take I joke around, I do I actually do fuck all. I create a space, but I create the right space. Yeah, yeah. Like a, like a greenhouse and then a place to grow and then they grow. But you have to unpack in that. You know, it's no mm. point going in the ring and you and me moving around. We're talking about the kids at the moment doing schoolwork and traction. I've just sent my daughter a test to see if she's moved. And she's like, what, why? You know, it's like, well, you've been turning up, but is there traction? And it's all right going to the gym. And we could go to the gym. We could chat like shit all day long. Yeah, come away. A little bit of a workout. Come away. like. But it's anything fucking changed. And, and what I feel with me, with my coaching style, is a bit like sparring. I'll find the work really quick. And it'll be uncomfortable, potentially, because it's like, well, you're not doing that. You're not doing that. And it's not, it's not you're not doing this. It's like, if you're setting up a business, have you got a marketing plan? What is it? is it directed at you know it's it's opening up and finding finding where are they not in a life by design because going back to the boxing i remember when i did uh, do the kickboxing uh, with ray i remember being in a pub once and having a drink and there was a big fight kicked off in the corner and i remember feeling i remember laughing everyone else was getting angst i remember laughing feeling that i i know something i just felt it was, and it was a moment where I imagine catching myself smiling, just thinking, like, I've trained for this. It's not like, <laughs> if, if, if I said to you, can you make a cup of tea? And you'd be like, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just, there's <laughs> some certainty in it. You know, if someone said to me, can you coach me? I'm like, 100%, yeah. When I first started coaching, I, I'd be, yeah, yeah. There's some certainty that comes in stuff, and it's repetition, it's repetition, it's repetition. So if I said to you, like, okay, you're going to have a fight, You'll be like, okay, that's quite comfortable for you to jump in the ring and have a move around at whatever level. And there's so many levels of it. But the, the point is that repetition um, in, in that work has to be done. You can't cheat it. Mm. And, and that's the thing. You can't cheat. So being in the military and doing all this stuff over here, <laughs> when you get in the ring, that's, that's the work. That, that, that in the ring is the work because you could be grey out of the ring. And I remember seeing some pros going through Ray's gym and watching them. One was on Sky. And I remember thinking, like, there was so much more in the gym than there was in the ring. Where was that? And I, and I understand now that the being in the ring is... And Ray gave this big speech before the white collar when he, he gave us a bit of mental in that that you're going into a place where not many humans go anymore. This, this arm to arm combat, this situation, not many people step into there and it's a bit of a, other than the military and even the military don't practice this fully. Um, and I remember like get all the lads like getting quite emotional because of what we'd been through. I can imagine the same with the military. Like there's a certain yeah. fuck. Yeah. Does anyone know how fucking hard that was? So for me doing my little white collar, you're probably thinking, yeah, you come to fucking Afghanistan <laughs> and you're 18, you wanker, and I'll show you hard. Do you understand? Like that, there's, yeah. there's, the, you can't comprehend it, you know. No, but then at the same time, you, you shouldn't be trying to compete in that sense, you know. I'd never take away from anyone what they've done. Like I said, that white collar event, there was like you, there was Dean. I'm going to say older gentleman, but you stuck with us. You know, you done the runs with us, you done the training with us, and you got in the ring. 
Mm. You know, so it is an accomplishment higher than or exactly the same as what I've accomplished in my life because that is something that he was a bit fearful of, but you've done it. Yeah. You know, and so I can't have people competing with that because it's it's not right. I can't say I'm better than you because I done six months training and two tours of Afghan. But the space in it, like the, there's, there's similarities to all of them in there when you're talking mm, about yeah. fear, because I've done the same thing in, in business, you know, doing videos. I coached a woman recently. She wanted to do videos for her business. It's the same, it's the same thing. You know, like putting a video on live and recording and stepping in the ring. They're very similar. Mm. Um, to, to the aspects of it. So, so come back to, to the PTSD. So what work have you done? So you come away from, uh, or, or in Afghan, we talk, talked about where you was at the first round of shells coming over. Just go back and talk about that. Yeah, it was, um, it was a weird, weird feeling. I mean, we went out there, you're in the middle of the desert, was in a camp bastion. So you're surrounded by the Americans, you've got Italians out there doesn't feel real then you go out on the ground you know you go out on your your, your first patrol see all um like the afghanistan people and everything everyone seems friendly and then that first round comes over and you it, it is literally in an in, in instant you think fuck all right and you kind of you don't flap but you kind of look around and you think someone's actually trying to shoot me and it's hard to take that in. And I mean, I was out there for five months the first time and I did not take that in. The amount of times that I'd been shot at, it didn't actually sink in until I went home. So what are you, when... are you in like a high street? Are you in um, residential areas? When I went out there, we went out, um, we went out to a place called Lashnagar and it was just a, a small little, little fighting operating base. It was very small and we was doing patrols through the town. Now, we got used to get like intel on, um, so there was like a suicide threat, suicide bomber threat. A uh, boy between age 12 and 13, shaved head, white dish dash on. Now, we're walking through a town. They're all between 12 and 13 with a shaved head and a white dish dash on. And they're all coming around you. Now that, but you can't keep them all away from you. Unless you started shooting every single child that come near you, you couldn't keep them away from you. So as much as that was the suicide threat, you just didn't know. And it was, you've just got to, you've got to risk it. You know, they're all coming around, they're all trying to put their hands in your pockets. You're like, you're pushing them away and everything like that. But when you've got thousands of people just surrounding you, one mm. of them is a suicide bomber. You know, you, you just take your chances. Because like I said, you'd end up spraying all of them. And then what this... The, the the action out there is that is that like a daily weekly thing or is that in the fire? Yeah, it depends. It depends what you're doing. I mean, I, I was infantry, so we was pretty much on the front line, doing patrols, showing our presence. Um, later on in that tour, we uh, took over a place called Nadi Alley, and it was quite a big operation. It was uh, us and the Marines. Uh, no one had taken it over since 2000. Well, no one had been in there since 2003, I think it was, because they couldn't get in there. We went in there in 2008 and we managed to take it over in three days. But it's, it was, it was hairy. It was, it was, it was dangerous. I remember looking at someone and it was like the life was just drained from them. It was like, you're right. And there was just nothing there. That was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. You just and that's, and that's the, and that's the, um, so what did Ray talk about? The he said you're going to lose sort of sixty, seventy percent of your fitness in the event. In the, in the it, yeah, in in the day, in, in the being there, everyone watching sort of thing. So so it was the event of it that was draining him. wasn't physically injured. It was just oh fuck, a million times over. Mm. See that's that's the thing. Like when you went into that boxing, you know you had three two minute rounds. When we went into that operation, we did not know how long it was going to last. Mm. And I mean, th th there's a kind of difference because it, you, you can't lose fitness, you can't lose fatigue. You can't just say, hold on a minute, I'm stopping because you'll die. Mm. 
So you've okay. just got to keep going and going. And literally, you're running on nothing. You're running on nothing. I mean, you've got a ration pack, which is this big. Like, that big. That's how big your ration pack is. And that's your food, you know? You have one of them in the morning, you have one of them at night. It's got 5,000 calories in it, but it doesn't matter on the calories because it's, it's kind of like mind and body, ain't it? If you eat a lot, you feel full. If you're eating three spoonfuls, you're like, fuck, I'm hungry. Mm. but that's that's the difference I mean you haven't got a time limit you, you don't know how long it's going to take how long you're going to be there I remember doing 19 hours on one hour off for four days so I'd be doing stag like guarding for 19 hours and I'd have one hour off you know sleep deprivation plays with your mind so and I think this is where so so coming out of that situation when does the PTSD, um, PTSD kick in when did you realize or did you did you think at any point that you was getting fucked up from this and no and that that's the that's the hard part is is trying to locate it and realize it I mean I've I done my first tour I come back I volunteered straight away went back out I think it was two months after I'd been back I went straight back out and done another tour and uh, we had to have assessments, see if you've got a death wish and things like that. But how can I assess you on having a death wish if you've already been out there and you want to go out again? You know, it, it, it was your job. You should say yes just straight away, like. Well. <laughs> the fact that you're doing you, it. <laughs> even if you did, even if you did say yeah, it'd be like, yeah, no worries, off you go. You know. Yeah. And, and when, when I come back, I thought I was all right, you know thought I was fine but then now I look back I wasn't fine mm. you know I was snapping at any slight little thing even a balloon I remember a friend I was at a friend's party I fell asleep on the sofa and his wife thought it'd be funny to pop a balloon next to my head it she didn't find the funny side of it once I woke up you know and that was just pure reaction mm. it wasn't intentional that was just reaction but then um like I said, it's try, trying to locate it is hard because I was snapping, I was angry, I was raging. So I, I thought you, that was normal. Yeah, the, the analogy with the gardening, I I found and find these along the way with the work I've done and the studying I've done. I generally find that I try and create a story to understand for insights purpose, mm-hmm. when because you understand it. So with the garden analogy, um, when I coach people. It's a bit like we create, we get this landscape like buying a house. You, know, you could be a wanker, but your dad might be in a wanker, or you could be really funny and your mum's really funny, or whatever it is. You you inherit this landscape, and you can cultivate it, or you can you can you can keep with what it is. You have the choice to design or or not. And and some of the stuff in people's history comes back to that that that's something that they've learned. You know, kids that spit on the floor, they don't. They only learn to do that because they're allowed to or they see other people doing it. It's a talk thing. Or, or what happens like in the garden, you know, if you cleared the whole garden and then left it, it would start growing something. Birds would bring it in, you know, it would, it would, it would seed and it would grow. That's a point of something that's happened in your time. So with, with you, um, coaching would be... You know, what, when did, was you happy or not affected? And when, when wasn't you? There'd be a point you'd go back to. And I've worked with people before, men who have picked points where they went to a certain school or things that happened in their childhood or um, people in business that they can go back and almost we find the seed and unpack that. And that's where the work is, because when you unpack the weed in the garden, if you t- take all the soil around it to expose every depth of that, um, of that weed, and the weeds, the difference, it doesn't serve you, the flower does serve you. So when you unpack it, it doesn't get watered, it just shrivels up and dies. Yeah. So for me, the work is going back to expose every part of that area to give you that it's now here, it's not... It's not part of me that detachment from it and that's where the work is is in that so so from that you know that area is where the shit happened you don't know what day or what week or what specific thing but but that that 
from from that place on, you know that before then you was okay, but definitely during that time is when you got. Yeah, see, see, this is where it's going to be a bit. I've always my life has always been a life of conflict ever since I was a child. Uh, like my dad, love my dad to pieces, God rest his soul, but he was a violent man. You know, I I can't remember a time. Like I really can't when there there wasn't a conflict in my life, and uh, I mean that's maybe why I joined the army. I think because mm. this kind of what I knew. Yeah, you know, I remember my, my sister was ill. She she got cancer when she was three, so my mum was always up the hospital. My dad was always working, and I was passed from pillar to post with everyone. And I remember like, I used to stay with people. I used to go to school at four in the morning, and uh, they babysitters and that, and they wouldn't even feed me. You know what I mean? They'd give me a biscuit for dinner and their kids would be eating dinner. Mm. So I had that for a few years, but like I said, my dad was quite a violent person. You know, it wouldn't be a telling off. It'd be a good idea to a point, to the point where I think I was about six or seven. I kicked him in the back of the legs and he stamped all over me. You know, I was six, seven years old. He stamped all over me. I remember being thrown in my room. I remember my mum trying to get involved, and it was just there was just a big eruption. He just lost it completely, smashed the house up. Man, at times he used to walk down the stairs, stepping over broken glass, with my mum sitting there picking up glass on her knees. You know, so I've always kind of been around it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how you know that that and that. And when I talk about normal. You know, some people's normal. I remember being on a plane once with a guy and I thought I was doing really well. Like I'd done me coaching stuff. My coach had said to me, um, you know, I want to finish stuff off. She said, how, how would make it easier? What would be the most impact you get with the least effort? I said, if I fucked off to my brother's place in Spain and did it. And I sort of like, I sort of talked to myself, that that's mad. And I booked it and I went on a flight and I was sat with a guy and I was chatting to him about what we were doing. I was saying I was spending some one-to-one time with my daughter. Um, going out for a, a coffee and that. And I felt really proud that I'd started spending this time with her. And he was like, yeah, me and my daughters, we try and go skiing a couple of times a year, just the two of us. I remember thinking, <laughs> it's like everything, there's levels in everything in there mm. of what's normal. That's for some people, I coached a guy once, it's a hundred grand he had in the business and couldn't get it out without paying super tax. And I, could he get this money out of this sort of frown on his head? It's still a problem it's just a different level of problems that some yeah, people have got yeah. that they can't, they can't get a meal for their kids. It's the same problem. It's just a different level of it. And being in that environment of, of, of that was a normal for you. So that becomes comfortable. Um, it's the same with people that are used to appearing and talking out loud and it becomes, you, you make it normal. Uh, and that coming back to the sparring, and what went on with the military, that's the work. If you want a box and you want to unpack all of the tools that you've got comfortably in a ring, like look at Mayweather, you know, you don't see the anxiety of him there with the energy in that. It's like, come on then. Like he's mm. going to play all of his moves clean. And that when it comes to the boxing analogy, it's, it's interesting working out what's the eh and what's the work like clean punches one at a time you know and, and i remember sparring with um, um i can't remember his name now but he was a world champion kickboxer down there but he played with us and sparred with us and i remember him just i remember he used to come forward to him and all he would do is we'd step and hit me every time and you know and you're like i don't know what i'm doing yeah. and he, he slowly said to me like what i'm doing is I can see that you're going to come forward and I'm just stepping. And it was almost like what, just watching a train, like a little, little trucker train walk past. <laughs> and then he just punched me. And he, had the, he had the insight to do it because he was so comfortable. And then I, go, I would go and spar a guy like me and it would be like, yeah. you'd finish and you'd be like, what happened? I don't really know. I, I, just, I don't know. It was just a mess. It's like, and the difference is, he had done it so much that there was no, he was, he was just looking for that. You know, the anxiety had gone and he was doing the work. 
So at some point in the military, out there, that panic had dropped and the training had kicked in and it was about shooting people or, or doing whatever. And, and you suddenly become good at that. But you have to get through the pain and make it normal, which is my point, I think, is, um, yeah. is making something normal. You know, when you first learn to drive and you pull out onto a motorway and you're like, you haven't got the stereo on and you're not talking shit to people, you're focusing so nervously and moving the wheel through your hand, aren't you? Yeah. And then eventually you're doing all sorts of stuff in a car while you're driving. You're not even thinking about where you're going because it's become normal. So, and, and this is where I think I, I like um, going back to the boxing analogies where we drop back and forwards on it. So, so coming back to the PTSD, because at some point now that PTSD has got you in a corner and smashed the fuck out of you. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I was going to say about obviously mixing it with the boxing when you're back against that rope and you've got someone throwing punches, everybody, everybody just covers up and puts their head down. And that's when, that's when you get bad. That's when you get bad by your PTSD, your mental health, and in a boxing ring. I mean, there's a system to covering up because you get better and less. There is a system to covering up, but what I've learned and what I've learned in the boxing ring and how I've learned to deal with a PTSD is when you're back against them ropes and you're getting punched, you've always got to be looking up so you can see them hitting you. And it's exactly the same with the PTSD. Even if you're getting battered, you're always looking up because they're going to make a mistake and you're going to walk forward. Yeah. You know? And this is where I think, so the insight, I haven't got it here, but, but how many fingers am I putting up? Yeah. <laughs> you don't know, do you? No, no. I've got no fingers up, but you don't know until you see. And there's a great story about a guy that's frozen in the corner um, with this fear of this snake until someone turns a light on and he sees it. It's just rope. Um, So one of the things with that PTSD is to know it's, it's that is to see it like me coming at you. You're looking for me. Hands up is, is the insight in boxing is understanding and seeing before the other one or seeing the plan or seeing the opportunities. But that insight, what's the work, what's not the work. So if I came in the ring and I started going, and you knew that I wasn't in your range, to someone that didn't see, they'd be like, oh, fuck, he looks like he's mental. But to someone that saw, well, you can do that all day long. Yeah, yeah. But you're not going to get me. It's not. It's, mm. it's seeing what's the risk or not. And I think with in life, I know that you know I'm doing more videos now, starting doing the podcast in 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 what I'm doing with coaching, and I want to do more workshops to stand in front of people. I know that there's going to be a point where that's going to seem quite scary because I haven't done it before. Mm. Standing up in front of you know more than thirty people is not comfortable for me. So I've got to do it. And I've got to do it. And I've got to do it. And there's some technique to stuff. Like if I stood up there and just went, all right. Yeah. <laughs> if I said, I want to fight you. All right. I'm going to get you with this punch. You'd be like, no, we need to do some work. You need to stand up there and have something first. Yeah. But then delivering it is another thing. So I, I've, again, I've got a lot of content delivering with, with um, videos and stuff, but I've found that actually I've, I've written a book and to edit it, delivering that literature, I didn't go to school. So now it comes back to writing something. I say it, I throw it up on paper and you read it back. It sounds like shit and you realise there's an art to writing. <laughs> there's an art to writing, Y-O-U-R. Uh, or or not, you know that. But there's a whole thing in diction and stuff. It's like that's a skill set I've not got. And I went through school and I thought that's bollocks. Won't need that. I'm gonna go and fit lists and shit. And now I'm writing a book. I'm thinking, you know, Peter Paragraph or whatever it is my kids were doing when they were younger. What's what's that <laughs> yeah. great sound that you did when you was younger <laughs> that made this sentence make sense? I didn't have a skill set. So coming back to life and boxing. If I was going to go and um, do a white collar again, there's, there's three things I know. Drop weight, um, fitness, and spa. 
there were three things that I think would make a massive difference to, to dropping the weight off. So I felt more comfortable to move around. I think uh, technically, I think I've got enough to be able to do white collar, but the fitness of it, getting my lungs up, get myself to be able to do it. Um, but, but, but I think the biggest one is making myself comfortable enough in that environment to be able to make it normal. So there's three things I can do to, to tool me up to be able to do it. And it, it's, those combinations, same as in business, if you haven't got them, you haven't got them. And if you want to come into the body and smash the shit out of me, then you've got to find a way. And it comes back to those processes. So, so come back to so your, your struggle with PTSD. What would be the combination or the work that you've done to get out of or and to get as far as you've gone with managing that? It's understanding. It, uh, it's, it's, it's understanding and coming to terms with what you've done, you know, and maybe coming to terms with what you've done was wrong. Yeah. Uh, for anybody to say, I was wrong, that was wrong, it is, it is a massive step, it's a massive thing for any man or woman, especially a woman, to admit that you're wrong, right? <laughs> it is massive. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's how I come to deal with it. In 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 the end, I mean, I was doing outrageous things, which I thought was normal. It wasn't normal. It's not outrageous normal. things out there or at home. Both. Both. I don't like. Give me an example. What? Okay, I I I will give you an example of outrageous what we've done out there. Um, and I look back and I think. You are so, you know, but we had a a group of like Afghani kids wanting a bit of chocolate, you know, and we used to like toss a bit of chocolate in between three of them, and they'd like literally fight to the death for it because they was all hungry. So in, back then, if you thought it was funny, you know, you was all going, oh, "I'll take bets on the little one, I'll take bets on this one." You're tossing a fucking biscuit in between them, fucking human beings. Yeah, you know, they're hungry human beings. And there was us sitting there tossing them a bit of food and watching them fight for it. I mean, it's fucking horrible. But like I said, an 18-year-old's mind back then, yeah, you're not an adult. You don't think like that. You think it's funny. And then I sit there, now I've got children. And God forbid, I mean, if they ever got to that, someone tossing them food and fighting for their fucking life for a bit of chocolate. You know, I couldn't... It, it upsets me now. You know, I think... So that's the work. Person. So what about over work. here? Just being aggressive, you know. Um, that that that's over here is just my aggression. Like being aggressive towards people, there's no need for it. Um, I mean, you think that's I struggle with PTSD? I do in I do in a sense. Um, like when you're in the army, you get told something once, you do it. You know. Um, Incompetence, people being incompetent, I can't deal with it, mm. you know. And, and it is a pet hate of mine. And I've learned to calm down over the years, but I used to be to the point someone would say something absolutely ridiculous or do something to the opposite of what I've asked them. I'd be like, fuck off, go, go on, go and do something. But then again, now I think maybe I should sit there and show them how to do it properly so they know for next time, you know. But I think, but I think coming back to those reactions. And it, come, it comes again from a place you're coming from. My coach pulled me once when I was um, I had some engineers, teams of engineers working for me, and, and one team wouldn't work the weekend. They were new, and they hadn't got paid their overtime, and they so they wouldn't work the next weekend because they hadn't got paid last weekend. Although they got paid, they didn't get the overtime, and it worked out. It took an extra week for overtime to go through, but we hadn't explained it to them. I, I just mentioned it in a, my coaching session, and my coach sort of like he pulled me back on it. And that was a moment these fuckers aren't working and da, 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 I'm putting a system in. And he was like, he was like, come back. You know, he's like, should they have known when they got paid? And I remember him pulling me on this situation. And what it turned out was I was coming from a place of fuck them. Mm. Um, and I was coming from, you know, I've gave them and I felt in my mind that I gave them everything they, they had more than I had because my old man was an arsehole uh, when it came to business. And they was getting paid every week. Everything was... Um, was good but I, I felt that they had had over and above um but he but he said you know should they have known when they got paid 
should that have been explained to them beforehand that the overtime takes extra time because you have to let the accountants know. And I remember ping, pulling everyone in and, and doing a talk talk and saying, sorry, that we never explained this at the start. And what I'm coming around to, one of the big things I've found in working with people at every level, especially high level, people that have got everything, fucking everything, but just don't feel like they're enjoying the moments. The work is in letting go. And there's this, and there's this letting go. And I talked on the podcast last week with Anna about yoga. The work in yoga isn't about getting. It's about letting go of tension, letting go of breath, and falling into. And it's similar um, in in life that some of the work you probably did to help with the PTSD was in letting go. That those things yep. happened, and it wasn't you. It was you at that time but it's not you now and letting go of that connection like that weed to now and not watering it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, 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 that hundred percent makes sense. I mean, so I say like your own mind is your worst enemy. And uh, I used to go for a stage where I couldn't be on my own. When, if I was sat on my own, I'd start thinking it'd start ticking over. I'd start getting angry. I'd start getting upset. And it, I'd, just go mad and you're not even you know? there and this is where with the, with the engineering with the plumb bob i'll talk about being net present now mm-hmm. so so we had a lift once i remember i hadn't been with sharon that long and there, this lift had a ghost fault on it it was at this ymca and it kept breaking down in the end i put a cctv camera on the control panel and left it videoing for 24 hours and security would change the tape and I bring this tape back and I'm watching it. I'm sitting on a bed. I'm like, oh, the doors are shut on the full floor. Um, we, we're moving away from the floor, slowing in. Someone's put a call on the third. I'm looking at all these lights coming on. And what had happened is the lift had gone to a level. Um, and when, when the doors opened and shut, it actually rolled, rolled slightly off of a magnet onto another one and then engaged in. Well, by that time it had counted, it was, it was out because it had counted wrong. So what it right. used to do is travel down the shaft and it would crash stop through the bottom because it was counting the stops that it had to, to make. It thought it was at the sixth and it was at the fifth because it had, it had overrun. But the signal had been lost. And when I talk about the truth of, like, you go back to a point, it's not where you are now, but you're thinking about it. If I thought about getting in, going to do another white collar, Going to get in the ring, get the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> At this moment, I could feel anxious, but it's not this moment because that's where this moment is. Yeah, yeah. But, it's, but I'm thinking of that moment and it's, and it's not true. Like, mm. the, the truth is to get to that moment, I need to fucking stop eating vanilla uh, lattes. Fucking get in <laughs> no, the ring. There's, there's, there's the truth of what's got to be done. And that's the truth of shit. And then there's traveling time. And that's where I believe, you know, with thought and feeling is not, it's not at the place now it's going back to with an unconnected thought of, of, you know, and that time on your own, you've, you've lost that presence because no one's around. We spoke the other day and you said about uh, a hug with with a missus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I find with, um, with with meditating if i sit on a yoga mat and not put maybe put moisturizing cream on my hands i'm smelling i'm touching and it brings my senses back to a present moment because i'm connecting the senses yeah and i'm bringing it back to now and my thought isn't in what am i doing tomorrow or what happens if i go in the ring and my thought isn't like what happened last week what if you know that happens again or whatever it's it's now and that um, point of presence. So come back to stance in the ring, having a having a good stance, which for me is being present, is is important because everything comes from that stance, doesn't everything it? Everything comes from your stance, everything. and and that's right. where I find linking the sciences of boxing. That if I stood there with you and did that, what would you be thinking? <laughs> <laughs> as I drop my hands down, you know, or or if I if you saw that I was walking around flat on my feet, or my legs were straight, you know, you would see opportunities of, and openings where I was vulnerable, mm. 
Um, exactly, yeah. And it's the same, and I do the same in a session with you, and you know, having a conversation at some point, seeing if there's still the work to do on the PTSD, seeing where you are open, where you're not. Because if I come at you with the PTSD, if I get you, then there's work to do. If I keep going at you and you're like, no, I'm fine, I'm good. You know, that certainty, a bit like you keep throwing punches at me and I'll keep, I just keep slipping them. Yanni, you're not yeah. quick enough. You're not quick enough, mate. You're not quick enough. Have another go. <laughs> There's a nice certainty about it, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Bless Yanni. Go on. Have another I'd go. Probably run, I'd run and kick you <laughs> at that point. <laughs> no, no nothing, Yanni. No nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah, no biting. <laughs> but there's well, a... So, go on. With the boxing, obviously you've got your stance. Now, there is like your style. So you've got... A, each gym has like a kind of style of boxing. Oh, Jim, it's hands up, high hands, looking through your gloves. But then when you're doing that, you can have different techniques with it. So you still have the same style, but you can do different techniques with different fights. Yeah, it's like know, if I've got, if, yeah, if I've got a tall fighter, I have my hands up high still, but I'll be getting in tight. I'll be working towards the body. I'll be standing underneath him. You know, and same if there's a shorter fighter than me. I'd want him at distance because mm. he'll be coming to try and keep in on my ribs, you know. So you cha- but you change where you're coming from, you shift. You change where you're coming from, you change the shift, but you still keep your style. So I like the stances a little bit like, I think everyone's like a chocolate cake and a vanilla cake and the difference is the essence. Mm. It's generally the same stuff, isn't it? If you look at, you shift the essence when you go from kickboxing to boxing, stance changes quite a lot. But the principles of baking are the same as boxing. You've got bread and you've got milk. You've got jab, you've got hooks. You've got the, the ingredients are there. But the essence, I've seen a lot of fighters fight behind their shoulders. Um, um, Pat down the Invictus fights behind his shoulders. I said Mayweather does that quite a bit. But the, 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 still, the principles of defense are in there. They're just slightly different sets and approaches to it. Mm-hmm. And it's like life, like getting fit. I talk about it's away, it's away. It sounds like namaste. There's so many ways of getting fit. There's so many ways of improving mindset, but it's finding your way and your style. You know, the yeah, comfortability. Yeah, exactly that. So, if you had to describe yourself boxing wise, would you say that the essence of you is different to someone else? Yeah, I would. I'm a, I'm a brawler in that ring. You know, I, I, I have not got no finesse. I am not technically gifted in the ring i will stand toe to toe with you have it and have it <laughs> that that you know and, and, and that that's the difference like, like my style with the boxing ring is walking people down i'll just keep coming and coming and coming no matter how many times you hit me i'll keep coming and coming and coming mm. i i'm not technically gifted i'm not i can't dance around on my feet right i'm yeah i could slip i can roll but i'm not mobile and that's but that's a problem for me. I've got I haven't got it here, but I've got an old Motorola phone that I had kicking around, um, which is out of date and it needs upgrading. So if you had to do three things uh, at your level, that's okay. Um, I could probably fight now at a level, um, my nan maybe. Um, but, <laughs> but if you wanted to go up, um, I still probably would lose. Um, if you wanted to go up a level at your level in the boxing, what are three things that you would do or could do to upgrade and or move drop away? Drop weight. This is probably the three things that you said. Drop weight, yeah. fitness, and I, I'd want to, I need a better understanding. You know, I'd need to be more technically Right. Technically gifted, but well, what's one of those technicality in technically? What's one of those things that you would work on? Footwork. If you had to improve technically as a boxer, what one thing do you think you would? Footwork. Right. And what I'm trying to is find is finding the work. You know, so mm-hmm. there's three things there as a boxing coach you would give yourself. Mm-hmm. That there's no fucking about here. It doesn't mean you're an arsehole. If you want to get better at boxing, those three things are what you've got to do. It's the work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I try with, uh, it's finding the work. 
in so letting go was part of the work in getting through the PTSD and other stuff and it's finding the work because you can't cut and bullshit around and that's what you do in sparring if we sparred one we'd definitely know we we was needing to drop some weight to yeah. probably get fitness but there'll be a point where it'll be like well yanni keeps coming at me because he's a little fuckhead and and, <laughs> and i need to turn more i need to get i need to get out and move more so i need, may need to turn and shift and, and come around you so that may be something that comes up but there'll be because i keep getting it in the corner because yanni keeps coming at me there'll be a point is i need to get out of the corner so that's where the work is and it and it and when we finish we can and you're doing spine don't you you have a hug because thanks for that yeah choose the doctor would say for that but you found the work and that and that's the process you have to be vulnerable and put yourself in to find out well now and you've got corner men in boxing whereas i use my analogies the coach for me, in p- putting people in the ring is, is my questions are the punches. And then I'm in the corner, like, did that hurt, Yanni? <laughs> <You're> like, yeah. <laughs> so what's the work? Okay, I need to, I need to let go more. Or, or whatever it is that caught me in the corner. And I wasn't living by design. I wasn't that guy in the pub smiling because everything's going to come at me and he's going to do stuff. Mm. I was in the corner shitting myself. What makes me unstoppable? Um, and, and that and finding that work, whether that's in the ring, in mindset or in making more money, you know, in making more money, there's the work to do. It may be upskilling. You've got to read a book. You've got to get a qualification. That may be the work. And the truth is finding the work, isn't it? Um, so even when you're writing a book, you are upskill. Fucking tell me about it. I mean, I, <laughs> I wrote it, and I've done this before with blogs. I've wrote it, and Shaman's read it. She goes, I don't understand that paragraph. I'm like, what part of it? She's like, the whole thing. (laughs) And when I've explained it to her, I can hear myself saying it properly. But it's like getting it out of my head. It's, It's crazy how there's so much synergies. Like, I know how to... If we was moving around, I know how to come in to work on your body and then step to the side and come up to your head. I've done it on the bag, but to do it in sparring, it's like it seems such a longer step to move into when you're going to actually hit me. You know, it seems like I've got to go a mile, not one step. Um, and how do you deploy that in that situation? So I know what I want to say in coaching. So talking about letting go, I use the, you know, the garden does it in the spring so it can grow in the um, summer in the autumn sorry so it can grow in the spring it has to let go the garden the the trees have to shed their leaves so it can so it can create space for new um and but then explaining that in a sentence in a book that makes sense it's it's an art to it just like turning and smashing your face in there's there's a (laughs) there's There's an art i know how to to be mike tyson i can tell you everything i've got to do (laughs) But it doesn't mean I am. Mm. You know, it's 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 the work, the steps, and some of that is. Um, so I've, I'm actually in a minute. I'm sending it off to my marketing guy. who's out in Bangkok, stranded, um, and he's um, he's going to read through and help me. So I'm asking for help. Um, and I found that I've found since I started developing myself, one thing I got very good at, and one thing that changed things, was asking for help. And that and that letting go of I can do everything. Yeah, yeah. No, I I absolutely know where you're coming from. And that is that is a big thing, asking for help and, and knowing that you need help. Mm. It, it is it is massive because like you said, everyone's got this uh not everyone, but most people have got this, I can do it, I'm the best at this, I don't need help. Everyone needs help, but there's no shame in asking for it. Yeah, and it's nice from your background because um I remember being in a site office talking to this site agent about doing yoga. He was this ex-Marine and he was taking guys on a yoga retreat where they sit around a campfire and they do yoga and stuff. And he was talking about how he used to use a cup and do this thing around the cup to get centered. So they would focus on the noise and making the noise the same. But that attention brought them into being focused, that centered point that I talked about. 
And um, I remember coming out of the site office and my brother was like, fucking hell. It was like in a big site thing. And there was loads of guys in there. He said, you two sounded like a couple of gays. He said, chatting about your centered point, you know, and there was loads <laughs> of scaffolders and stuff. You can imagine it, can't you? Sites <laughs> in there, you and your mates all in there. And you're listening to these site agents talking about, yeah, I get centered by, <laughs> like, what, what are they talking? And that, and that uncomfortability, I, I like the boxing um, guys because when you've boxed, most of them are open to being open because if you did take the piss, they would clearly take your head off. Yeah, yeah. There's a comfortability in being open to a certain extent, but you still have that bravado. And, and my point is coming back to you saying about asking for help. So your, your background, your normal wouldn't have been that. No, you know, no it wouldn't have been. It was, it'd be guns blazing. Shut up and get on with it. Yeah, get out of my way, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> I don't need, I don't need help, you know. And uh, but it, it, it's relaxed me so much. Like I'm so, I feel so happy now. Mm. You know, I'm so chilled. I'm happy. The kids are happy. Everyone's happy around me. And like, like my my mum and my wife used to say, like, when I was in a mood, I would turn everyone into a mood. You know, if I walked into a room full of happy clowns and I was in a bad mood, they'd all be sad clowns, you know. Mm. I just did. I just sucked the life out of everyone when I was in a mood. <laughs> you know, I used to think, yeah, yeah, I don't care. But now I'm like, fucking hell, I do care, you know. But and now I notice it with others. It works the opposite. You was always yeah. a character in the boxing thing. It's, it, you can do the same the opposite way. It, and it, coming back to weeds and flowers, it's the differences how they serve. And that's the difference. We joke in my house that I'm borderline. My, my missus has to manage me. Like, shut up now. <laughs> We're not, she, she, and we joke that, like, there's still part of me that knows. Like, my son the other day, he walked out. We're doing, like, a bit of exercise uh, during the day. They have to do something. So he walked out. And as he walked out, I see him walk up the road. And I see it start raining. <laughs> I just started laughing. So I was like, why is, why is that funny? I'm like, it's just funny. You've been annoying me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's part of me, and I think to myself, I quite like that still being an arsehole. There's something about yeah. that, I think. And she's like, no, you're wrong. I'm like, no, I think it's right. I, if, I still would keep that part of me. It's funny. Yeah. You know, but, but, but the, the way we serve, my mum would have, oh, should I go and get him? Should I, should I run and drive and get him? Uh, I would have just driven past him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, waving. Yeah, no, exactly. No, exactly but, same, no. but but she she serves very well, you know. And I remember thinking there's these two different ways to people, um, and you can talk up family members and and friends who serve and who don't serve, and the difference is it's so in the ring, like what's a punch and what's not a punch, because I I think a lot of there's a lot of. Um, even guarding yourself and parrying, you still get conflict. But it's like, but that's not going to knock me out. You know, when you sort of like, when you do cover up and someone starts hitting you, that's just covering up. But it can feel very bad. Like the truth is there's no real risk there when you cover up. It is if you cover up in time. It's like working out what, what, because some people in life, can stand there smiling, all right, Yanni, all right, Yanni, and they can say stuff, and you come away and you just think, I feel like I just got a cheeky dig there. Yeah. And you can, and, and they smile the whole time, it's a smiling I'd assassin. Have, I'd have probably digged them first, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's, a, that's a way, that's a way, one of them is seeing it. So what I, I do with that insight is I see people that are, that are that are doing that and one of the things in boxing again is that insight like if you know i'm going to keep coming at you with the lift as soon as you know that you know it and you could move around the ring and you could slip and you can bob and you could move and you could not throw a simple punch and i could be doing it all day long but if you know it and you can <coughs> keep your distance and you can avoid it you don't have to be aggressive you can just see it. Right, he's a prick. I had a woman that took um, Zoe. She was on the first podcast. She used to have a shield that said "fuck with," 
and because she's sensitive and we had in the coaching session she unpacked you can have this shield which is fuck with and it's a bit like fuck with it was yeah, just yeah. when she saw it she could use this and it was it's a bit like me blocking your punch it doesn't then affect me this space that i've got it doesn't affect me i've got a system or you can knock them out there's different ways to doing it go back to the boxing you know the systems that you've got for 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 sustaining and having a, a um, an unstoppable life. If you took all of the boxing analogies and trained and devoured them into your day-to-day, like getting the insight, how you can see business differently, getting the insight, how can you connect with your kids better, getting insight, how can you be more intimate with your missus, getting insight, and then the techniques. So if you had to throw a combination of, of, of getting your missus um, in the right mood, you know, you can come up with a combination of doing that. If you had to have a combination of making more money, there's a there's an upskilling maybe that you've got to do to to be able to deliver that. And it could be a set of combinations that get you in a position to be able to say, "I want more money." And 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 someone's in a corner then because you've got everything you need to to be able to demand that. Um, and 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 that. Uh, synergy the program i wrote for the boxing um has that process of systems in there coming up with a stance like we unpacking six sections of your life is one of the things that you've got this stance in life so where are you weak on you know finances or relationships or whatever there's a point where something needs work so we're like well we want to drop some weight (laughs) yeah 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 that that so then so then you're looking at that area and you're breaking it down um, and drilling into it. So, listen, it's been a good chat, mate. No, it's, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. So, I, uh, is, is there any asks of you f- um, to, to finish off with or anything you want to plug or advertise? No. No? Good. Happy to see your face, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll have to just... Um, I'll put this out there. There's going to be more. We're going to chat about boxing. I think I might have to chat to you about getting me down there and getting me on the pads, getting me fit. I'm not going to we'll say white collar yet, but I definitely think that I need to, uh, I definitely want to do some pad work and get yeah, back we'll on the pads. Sparring. All right, listen, have a good day, mate. That's perfect. <laughs> we'll do, mate. Thank you very much for it. Cheers, Yanni. Take care, mate. All right. Speak to you soon, mate. Bye-bye.